Father, we come before your throne. Thank you for again this opportunity to be in your house and in your presence. Thank you for this word we're about to share with your people, God. This word that uh, will cause us to draw ourselves closer to you. We pray, God, you bless this word. Bless those that hear it and give wisdom to your speaker. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, looks like we're in the house again. And I've been looking at some word of scripture over the past several weeks. And a lot of people have been talking about 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And most of us can quote that scripture in our sleep. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And everything goes on in that text. But what they don't do is back and go to what's going on. What's really what caused this, this scripture to happen. Well, we're going to look at some of that today. I guess I'm going to try to preach and teach this thing all at one time. That's okay. But the fact of the matter is, this scripture in 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 14, was not written for us today. It was written, rather, for the people of Israel at the time after Solomon prayed to God. You might say, boy, where you get that from? Well, all right, let's back up a little bit. Let's look at 2 Chronicles, chapter 6. That's where it all starts. And at verse 1 it says, Then said Solomon, The Lord has said that he would dwell in a thick darkness. But I have built a house of habitation for thee, and a place for thy dwelling forever. And the king, referring to Solomon, turned his face and blessed the whole congregation of Israel. And all the congregation of Israel stood. Now look here, what we got right now is Solomon basically starting to pray for God's people and to put blessings on God's people. And the people of God you find here in chapter 6 are responding to what Solomon is doing. Alright? Now let's journey on a little bit. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who hath with his hands fulfilled that which he spake with his mouth. I'm not going to read the whole thing in chapter 6 right here, but I would encourage you when you get the time, to go take a look at this scripture and see what's going on. Because you'll find in this text, you'll find that Solomon was praying to God. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll find that Solomon had humbled himself enough where he could talk to God. And God would talk back to Solomon. And there was, as you would say, a discourse between the two. Oh, how nice it would be to have a discourse with God. To sit down and, as it were, treat a fat with him. I'm not trying to make God minimize in our eyes, but I'm just saying it's nice having a relationship with the master. It's nice to come into the throne room with boldness and honor him for who he is while spilling our hearts out to him. Hmm. It's called intimacy. And we'll talk about that maybe another time, but it's so important. And we journey on down here in verse 6 of 2 Chronicles. I'm sorry, chapter 6 of 2 Chronicles. And we'll find later on how the Lord was talking to David and everything like that there. But I want to I want to talk about this here in a little while, but I want to jump way down here to verse 26 in chapter 6. And it says, When the heaven is shut up and there is no rain, because they have sinned against thee, yet they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin. 
when thou dost afflict them, then hear from thou from heaven. Look at here. See how those words sound familiar? And forgive the sin of thy servants and of thy people Israel. Uh, where am I here? Number 27 now. Then hear thou from the heaven and forgive the sin of thy servants and of the people Israel when thou hast taught them the good way wherein they should walk and send rain and send rain upon the land which thou hast given has given unto thy people for an inheritance. Look here. Read through chapter 6 and you'll find Solomon praying to God. You'll find Solomon uh, uh, pouring out to God. Because Solomon was a man of God. Yea, Solomon had some faults. But he was a man of God. So that God honored Solomon. What if God honored our lives today? Solomon was the king of the people. But Solomon realized that even in his own kingdom, he had the honor of the real king. Solomon realized that because he was who he was, that he had to recognize God for who God is. And so Solomon prayed to God, and he prayed for God's people. Well, how do we know that? Because we just read that in 27. Then he from heaven, he, this is Solomon here, praying to God, and forgive the sin of thy servants. God's people can sin. God's people sometimes do sin. God's people all too often sin. But Solomon is praying on behalf. He said, God, hear my prayer. And if you will, please do this and that. Oh, how good to be in God's presence when you talk to him boldly. I said that already, I know that. But I want to emphasize the fact of getting in God's presence. And talk to him boldly. And honor him when you get into his presence. Hmm. Oh my God, I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all hang on for a minute. I'm going somewhere with this here. Then let's jump down some more. And we'll jump down to verse 41. Of 2nd Chronicles chapter 6. Now therefore arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength, and let thy priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let thy saints be joyous in goodness. Look here. I found this rather intriguing when I began to look at this thing. At first, Solomon prayed to God for the people of God. Let's just say the congregation, let's put it that way. God said, someone said, your people have sinned. But he said, if we, they were pulled from their sin, I pray that you do this. But someone doesn't stop there. He also prays for God's leaders. The priest. I'm going to read it again. Verse 41. Now therefore arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place. Thou and the ark of thy strength. There's a whole lot in there. Let thy priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. Oh, my goodness. Do you see that? Let thy priest. The priests are the people that serve God's people. That's going to sink in in a minute. Let thy priest be clothed with salvation. Oh. Well, what is salvation then? I'm going to say it real briefly. Salvation is deliverance from the power of sin. So he said, let your priests not walk in sin, but let them lead your people in accordance with your word. Oh, but the, oh, but the men of God, if we just pray that way today for the leaders in the church. 
if we took time not just to pray for the congregation, but also for the leaders in the church, I argue we would have a different church today. Because we can pray for the congregation all day long and we are right to do that and we should do that. But we also should pray for the leaders in God's church. The elders and the ministers and all these people that feed God's people. The prophets. All those in the fivefold ministry. We need to be praying for them. Not back talking to them and talking behind their back. Oh, I think I said some curse words right there. Just, some of us want to come against the people of God. I would argue that's a very dangerous thing to do. It might be a good idea that if you think the people of God are doing something wrong, to go into your closet, as it were, and pray for those people. Rather than putting them down. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. The people of God are also human beings. And we need your prayers. And so Solomon prayed for the priest that they walk in salvation rather than in sin. Oh, it's about to get real good here. Y'all watch this for a minute. I'm in verse 7 now. Oh, let's look over 42. Oh, Lord God, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Remember the mercies of David, thy servant. Boy, this man was praying. Solomon was praying. He was tugging at God's heartstrings, as it were. He prayed for remembrance of what God had promised his father David. He prayed for the people. He prayed for the leaders of the congregation. And God responds. And God responds. In verse 7 of chapter 7, 2 Chronicles verse 1. Now when Solomon, watch this, had made an end of prayer, that boy was praying, you hear what I'm saying? In order to make an end to prayer, one must first start to pray. That's going to say indirectly. The fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering of the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. After Solomon got done praying, God was sitting there listening and watching. And when someone got done praying, God said, look here, let me answer you with some fire. <laughs> and someone about that fire, I'm telling you that right now. God is a consuming fire. But he answered with fire and he burnt the offering up. This ain't the first time God did that, but, but, but he took the sacrifice and he, it was burnt with the fire. I would that God will send fire down in his house today and burn these sacrifices. I'm not talking about a physical fire right now, but a fire so that it burns the sin up out of us. A fire that pulls us closer to him. Would that God sent that fire and burnt the sacrifice for us? And watch this here. So in verse 1, chapter 7. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. When we came to God's presence and we begin to honor him and worship him and bow down before him, he will come and sit in the house. He will rest in the house where you are. I must, oh my goodness, I'm getting myself all worked up and trying to calm myself down here. Because when I think of, look here, I remember one time when I was in Hawaii. I'll never forget this for the rest of my days. I'm going back to this. And a pastor was preaching that we were, at, we were in an old warehouse. And a pastor was trying to close up the service. I'll never forget this for the rest of my days. 
And he kept saying, I see a wave of glory. He was whipping a pulpit. I see a wave of glory. That was going on for 20 minutes, half an hour. I see a wave of glory. And next thing you know, the Spirit of God came and rushed through that place where we were. I was an usher at the time. And I remember moving up to the front by the pulpit. And there was a big old tall fella. He was on a pulpit and the pastor was praying for him. That old fella fell across the pulpit and landed in my arms. I couldn't even feel his weight. And the glory of the Lord had filled the house. And we find the same thing here. The glory of the Lord filled the house. But watch this. In verse 2, chapter 7. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. The priest, the saints of God, could not come in because the glory of God was so heavy that they couldn't get past the glory. Oh my goodness. Wouldn't you have to be in that presence of God like that? Well, it's so thick that you can't even, the priest can't even get inside to minister Ooh, because God is in there ministering to his people. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to tell you something. When you get in the presence of God, there's healing. When you get in the presence of God, there's deliverance. When you get in the presence of God, your eyes become opened. When you get in the presence of God, salvation becomes paramount. Oh. The people couldn't even stand by reason of the glory. They couldn't even come in the house, the priest could by reason of the glory. Now keep in mind, we still don't have a direct answer from God yet as to how God would handle the situation with the Israelites. <laughs> Remember, we're still talking about the Israelites now. We haven't even gotten to our time right now. We're talking about the Israelites still. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 3, chapter 7. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. The children of God saw God send the fire, they saw what was going on. They saw God send a fire consume the sacrifice. And the glory of the Lord was such that the priest could not enter. And the children of God, the people of God, were standing over there saying, oh my goodness. And they bowed themselves down to the ground before God. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you something. It takes a bit of humility to bow yourself down before God. We need to get back to bowing ourselves down before God. And worshiping him and honoring him. Some of us want to honor and worship men. Oh, I'm telling you, it's a very dangerous place to be. Yes, we can give honor to who honor is due, but when we go to worshiping men, oh, we got a problem. We got a big problem. It's time we begin to turn our faces back to God and let God do a work in us. Oh, my goodness. This is exciting. I don't know about you all, but this is exciting to me. Hmm. And they praised him. And then verse 4. Then the king, about Solomon again, and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. Did you see this? Let's look at this one. Let's digress for a minute. We already know that Solomon offered sacrifices. 
at one point, and then God answers with fire, and he sends his glory, and the people bow down, and Solomon, the king, makes more sacrifices. Our lives should be a sacrifice to God. The right way we live should be a sacrifice to God. We should be a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. Which is our reasonable service. We should be a walking sacrifice. It's no longer I. But the Christ that lives in me. A living sacrifice. And so after God answered all these things. He says some more. Solomon answers some more. I'm sorry. Solomon sets another sacrifice up to God. I'm telling you, I get myself all worked up here. I get excited about this thing. It's hard to stay calm when you're excited. But the word of God excites this old boy. Because I realize that it is God in God that I live and move and have not been. And because of his word that I'm able to stand here and present this gospel to you. So that you too can walk in holiness. Hmm. There's another, so we can do that one another time though. Some folks don't understand holiness. I won't get into that right now. We'll talk about that later on. Now, let's jump down to 7 and 14. Because I want you to read all of this. It's so intriguing. And the words, if my people, which are called by my name, I want to stop right there for a minute. If my people, now this is God answering Solomon's prayer. Which are called by my name. When I begin to think of that, if my people, which are called by my name, now, like I said, I'm going to go back to that in a second. This is written specifically for the people of Israel. But the scripture says, if my people, which are called by my name, when I think about that, I jump straight to the church. Because the church is the ecclesia, that Greek for the called out ones. So if my people, the ecclesia, the ones who are called out from the world, if my people, which are called by my name, if my church, I called you by my name, I have called you out of the world. If my people, which are called by my name will humble themselves. Let's look at that for a minute. If my people, which are called the Ecclesia, called by my name, will humble themselves, lowering yourself. And every time I think about this lowering of oneself, I, 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 go, I, I go straight away to, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. My, my, my mind goes straight there. Because in order to pick someone else up, you got to lower yourself. That's what humbling is. It's the lowering of oneself to pick somebody else up. Oh, it's kind of hard to be humble when, you, when you're when riding a white horse. <laughs> it's going to sink in in a minute. Oh, my goodness. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, lower themselves. Recognize who you are in God. My arms, I'm going to tell you the truth, are too short to bask with God. I ain't even going to try. 
Maybe your arms are long enough. I ain't gonna try. But if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, the next text says, and pray. Lower yourself and pray. What then is this prayer? Men are always to pray and not to faint. That's in the scripture too. Prayer is relational thing. It's communication. It's talking back and forth with God. It's giving God what's on his That's what Solomon did. He prayed with God. He talked with God. And he spilled out his heart. And God responded to Solomon. If not people to call on my name will own themselves and pray or have a relationship with me. But watch out, that's from Paul's name today. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. This is interesting here. And seek my face. What then is this seeking of God's face all about? It's seeking to get in God's presence. When you seek God's face, you long to be in his presence. I don't know, some of you out there may be married and you have a very wonderful spouse, your husband or your wife. And, and, and you have to go about your working day. But, 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 but you're longing to be in the company of that one you married. Because that company is so sweet. It does you so well. It, it fulfills you to be in that person's company. You, you're, you're seeking their face. You're seeking to be in their presence. If my people, which are called by my name, will other themselves and pray and seek to be in my presence. Oh, oh my goodness. To get in the presence of God. To only promote healing. Oh my goodness. Mm. Say with me. I'm not done with this yet. But there's some more in this. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And then it goes on to say, and turn from their wicked ways. Keep in mind, this text is talking about God's people. Some of God's people got some mighty wicked ways. They like to lie, some of them. Not God's people. If my people, which are called by my name, would turn from their wicked ways, some of them will cheat. Some love affairs that uh, I'm, about, I'm about to get in trouble now. Uh, some of them like to have uh, a situations where the person that they are with is not their spouse. You know what I'm talking about? The extramarital affairs, be it male or female, that's wickedness. And, 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 but, but, but Paul addressed some of the stuff in Corinthians. He said, should, be named, should not be named even once amongst God's people. Backstabbing is wickedness. Putting down your brother because you don't like him is wickedness. If my people, which are called by my name, will own themselves in prayer and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Trying to break up the church. You don't like what the pastor said. You wicked. Calling division in the house of God. That's wickedness. 
my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Now what does it mean to turn? I'm going to choose another word here. This might mess some of you up a little bit. Repent. Because repentance is turning from what you do that displeases God. Oh, goodness gracious. Let me push on through this here. Then it says, then will I hear from heaven. <laughs> I can spell on that a whole lot, but there's so much into that part right there. In other words, when you do what God honors God, there's a, there's a reaction in heaven. And I will forgive their sin. You turn from your wickedness, I'll forgive you. In other words, I will no longer hold it against you once you turn from it, once you repent. <laughs> and will heal their land. Now, if you read back, that's why I said read over there. There comes a time when God may send a pestilence to, to, to your land. But the land might be destroyed. But God said, if you do this, I will turn my pestilence away from you. So that you can walk in wholeness. Hmm. That's going to sink in a little while. But let me jump down here a little bit now. I think I got some people mad at me already though, so I'm going to push this along here. But this is God talking to Solomon here, verse 18. No, let's go to verse. Oh my goodness. No, let's go to verse 16 real quick. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house. Remember now, this is all about uh about Solomon dedicating God's house. Dedicating God's house. That my name may be forever, and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And as for thee, Solomon, verse 17. If thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and shall observe my statutes and my judgments, watch this, this is talking to Solomon now, then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom, according as I have covenanted with David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel. Watch this, this is the important part right here. But if you turn away, Solomon, and forsake my statutes and my commandments which I have set before you and ye shall go and serve other gods and worship them then this is God talking to Solomon now will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land which I have given them and this house which I have sanctified for my name will I cast out of my sight and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations there's more in there, but I want you to read it. God tells Solomon, if you honor me, there'll be a healing. There'll be a deliverance. But if you dishonor me, there's going to be a price to pay. It's time to turn back to God and walk with him in holiness. Let's put off our wickedness and walk in righteousness. And I can promise you, even though it's written for the Israel, the principles apply to us, the church today. God bless you. And remember to walk according to God's word and not your own. God bless you.